Recorded during the plague year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Jonathan Carlyle of The Movie Made Me To It, where we talk about movies and the food that we want to eat from them. And I'm Tabitha Carlisle, friend of movie, Movies by Minutes podcasts. Yay. Well, we're back finishing <laughs> up finishing up the week with the Carlisles. And uh, how, how are you guys doing it during the plague? Everything, everything okay in your neck of the woods? Yeah, we live in northern Michigan, and uh, case level is really low up here. And um, so really, we're, people seem a bit more re- relaxed, I guess. Um, with it and um, there are days when you know I have to go to the store or something and I almost forget that it's even happening you know I'm like oh yep I need my mask I gotta (laughs) do this double back back to that yeah yeah sometimes I do have to double back to to the car to grab my mask and um, and stuff but no we're we're doing good and thankfully we have a lot of land you know in a big backyard so we've just spent a lot of time outside at home this summer you're working with your new dog i know that working with our new dog (laughs) yeah it was a good summer for that (laughs) yeah yeah just get some good home time there uh wow well uh yeah here in texas it's uh we're at 100 plus degrees all this week for the rest of the Mm. week and no rain in sight for another couple of weeks so my oh wow my backyard looks like a giant trisket um it's (laughs) it's Everything's very, I mean, you water it and it's just like, it's like watering hay. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, but uh, uh, looking, for, looking forward to some cooler weather. Just uh, this, uh, this year we decided to put in a, uh, uh, a gas fireplace after uh, I had a, had a fireplace that was from the seventies and just needed to be updated. So we redid the, we refinished the thing. And uh, I, I got, there was a, because of the COVID and all that, we had a delay the installation and we had started putting it in in January. Uh, <laughs> they finally finished it uh, Memorial Day weekend, which was like 95 degrees. And we have we tested <laughs> it. We tested it out for five minutes, and then the air conditioner started complaining. So we <laughs> turned. It, so we know that it works, but we're just gonna have to wait for the cold weather to see uh, see what it's like having a fireplace that uh, that runs on uh, LP gas. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well. Well, we're we're talking about a movie called the Andromeda uh, Andromeda Strain, and uh, we are finally we're, we're here in uh, on the on the fifth floor, and uh, I the more I look at this, the more I can't figure out what's going on. There's uh, Dutton is talking to Hall, and theoretically, as as we've been as we've been going down through the five levels, Hall has supposed to have been studying uh, uh, schematics of the building. And uh, because he's supposed to know where to plug in that key that he's got so that in case there, you know, the, the H-bomb goes off in the basement, he can turn it off. Um, but for some reason, I, I guess all he was looking at was where the uh, where to stick the key in and not where the uh, conference rooms, and the cafeteria and all that is uh, on the uh, on the maps. So Dutton apparently is the uh, tour guide. Uh but what he's talking about, nothing seems to match up with what we're seeing. Uh, you know, they show they they show that screen on the TV where they're supposedly on the in a room off the main corridor. But when we look behind them, it looks like they're in the main corridor and there's a door across the main corridor. 
So mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the relationship between where they are and the map that shows where they are. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, it, it should probably be a prerequisite that the guy you give the key, the key to can read digital maps as well. Yeah. Because this is a whole <laughs> new platform of map reading that he's probably never seen before. And um, so it seems like a lot. We're just like, oh, yep, here's the digital map. This is how it works, you know, and... <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it, it, out. it only it only shows the four people that came down with them. So if you needed to find a nurse or whoever runs the uh, <laughs> the microscopes true. and stuff like that, and fortunately they all have this, the, a different last name, so they can use letters for for instead of like a number or something. Uh, but it doesn't. And I do notice that while we're watching the back and forth here, where where he's saying where you know where's the library and there's no need for books, and he's pointing at the map, uh, we see the little D for Dutton moves out into the other hallway and they haven't moved any but uh i you know it, it looks like a mistake but i i've had that experience with uh if you ever use find uh uh f- find your uh you know find your iphone um oh. <laughs> if you turn it on your ipad it says your ipad's out in the street or something like that and actually it's you know in in your in your bedroom or something um i think the uh <laughs> The, the localization probably isn't that good for 1970s technology to figure out where to put the letter. Yeah. Um, well, I think it, I think it uh, it is a little awkward, but I think it works because as the edit shows, the next scene is, is Hall catching up to Dutton. So it almost feels like Dutton's a nice guy, and they'll show him around, but he's not going to linger. And so as, as yeah. Hall's just enamored by this digital map, and he's like, oh, oh, uh, Dutton's already halfway down the hall. I better go catch him. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, he's probably gonna go. The, do you think there's no library and all the books are on the computer just for efficiency or because books could harbor dusty germs and things? Yeah. Or both? And somebody would, have to, somebody would have to put the books up and they'd have all grease marks on them. And all these people that are, you know, running around with suppositories probably are not the cleanest <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They kept tearing the pages out. And... Yes. Oh, thank God. Here's an <laughs> ripping phone books in half. And yeah, it's. Uh, I wonder if paper is like verboten. Well, no, I guess it is. I, I can't. I'm trying to remember if there's any other paper on the fifth floor. We never on, on level five. We never aren't there, see. Aren't there uh, uniforms paper? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. they made the they made the uniforms out of the books. Ah. Uh, oh yeah. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to sit down. I think I had a hardcover. It's, uh, yeah. It's, um, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just very peculiar. Um, and so all the stuff that's going on is on the outside of the, the donut and everything else. The labs are on the inside of the donut, which doesn't seem like there'd be a lot of space. Like that, I would think that you want the lab to have a lot of space. You don't really need that r- much room for living quarters and things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just, there's too many pu- this wasn't designed by somebody who knew anything about architecture or, or human use so it's and no, no restrooms as far as as far as any signs say there doesn't seem to be a restroom on the entire floor so yeah. well, their diet is so efficient that there's yeah. no uh, no extra no residue no waste yeah yeah, yeah. it's um uh, it's just very peculiar um, but he uh, we get into uh, the main the main portion the, the, the big question mark in here is where Dutton says have you ever used a glove box and uh, we've talked about it. It's like, how do, how do you know what context he's talking about with that, a glove box? So I'm assuming that maybe, and Hall said he didn't, he's never used one. So I'm assuming 
<coughs> that he's either read about them or he may have seen them. Where where would this where would a glove box come up in a in a surgeon's life? I don't I don't see that. I mean, if he was a pharmacist, mm. maybe, but yeah, maybe in they school have, if they were doing some kind of microbiology testing. I, they have like incubators back then. Yeah, for preemie, yeah. preemie babies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, just, that would be. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then they have. Uh, they're they're talking about this with whole rooms that operate like a glove box. So uh, we get to see this great big piece of equipment that is. Um, uh, actually, it, it's funny. This has a real life counterpart in handling nuclear uh, materials. The uh, those arms and things have been used since the since the '60s. That you had a you had a remote manipulator arm that you could you could use and grab things. Much like uh, <laughs> it reminds me of when you go into a Denny's and they have those uh, those toy boxes with the crane that comes down to pick <laughs> pick things up. It's just you have a little bit more control than the crane. Uh, does but uh, that's this is obviously where they either spent a lot of this is where they spent most of their money on the budget for building this room because those pieces are expensive either that or uh, whoever the production designer was uh, did a great job of finagling of very expensive equipment to be in that room because that that is a that that is very expensive equipment that they're they're showing even if it's a prop uh, I I can't imagine that they're just doing it as a simple you know marionette thing. Uh, those those do like, like look like the real um, I want to say Perkins Elmer uh, I'm not sure if I have I, and of course I should have looked that up for this minute but I think they're Perkins Elmer devices for uh, for lifting things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when we were watching it, I wasn't sure. You, you know, I wasn't sure to what level all of this usage is a effect, and and we just get a little bit of it in this minute here. But as the movie goes on, I'm like, like oh, you know, this is this is really good stuff. Uh, how they're doing it and you know the minutes not too far after this one I think when they show him doing a little more dexterity use with that like do they you know is he actually is the actor actually doing that or either either which way I was like wow that's that's impressive like it looks like he's doing it yeah I mean if if he's doing it it's it's an amazing use of the technology and if he's not doing it it is an amazing synchronization with whoever's manipulating those props it just Mm -hmm. uh I mean, I guess they like. I guess they could practice a bunch of times, but uh, just it, it, this. Even even though they do they do spend an ungodly amount of time uh, with with just watching the equipment, picking things up and moving around, it's still just it's it's like you know it's like it, it's like going to uh, if you get invited to a dairy farm and you get to watch them uh, plug the cows in at you know milking time. It's like wow, look at all this equipment. It just, <laughs> that's that's the closest thing I could relate to. It's like I know I remember you know. Like, um, it's just it's all this equipment that they're they're getting ready to use all at once, and here's you know here's the thing. I I wonder about like there seems to be four workstations for those the they're called Waldos those uh, those remote arms. Um, so what would they be expecting that four people would be working on at the same time to uh, to grab things? Other than all I can think of is maybe for doing an operation. It's uh it's um. I have a friend who is a uh, he's a surgical gynecologist and he runs a there's a device called the Da Vinci which is a microsurgery tool that he uses um, in treating things like endometriosis and he he works at a like at a millimeter level he has these uh, these very tiny cameras that are built with fiber optics about as as large as a human hair and they're they, they put the camera in and a light in 
and he can work in like a uh, you know in a one millimeter area to uh, uh, to pick things up and so he can uh, there's a there's a famous video of the equipment that he uses where he sews the skin on a grape and uh, wow. you know it, and like there's no no shaking hands or anything but um, it's uh, you know it's a phenomenal technology but it, apparently it's a uh, you know, they, they were working on this stuff even back in the 70s. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what kind of control they had on it in this level. Yeah. But the idea that this has been around for 50 years is amazing. Yeah. And and they just may have needed to be prepared because they didn't, you know, this is just kind of all of wildfire is just preparation for s- s- some kind of, like, for the uh, unknown. So, you yeah. know, you, you don't know what it's going to be. And um, how many hands it might take, and maybe it's it's not just a rock, you know. Maybe it's a something that moves, you know, and yeah. you need um, more hands in there to to do what you need to do to get specimens or contain. Yeah, it could be like a Area Fifty One thing. Like maybe they've got a couple of dead aliens in a flying saucer, and there's somebody right. to you need somebody to pick up the uh, the aliens, and the other ones to open the door on the flying saucer. So. Right, right. Uh, it does seem like, like those, uh, arcade games when you, when you dance off next to each other and <laughs> <laughs> totally like that. Yes, the, the proto the proto DDR. So, um, uh, the other thing that they seem to be limited on is size. I can't imagine you know if if anything was much bigger than Scoop Seven, it barely fits that very narrow. I mean, we'll get into this in future minutes, but. They they have a very tiny elevator to bring things in, and I would think I mean I know that they have to be underground and they want to be safe and stuff, but I would think that you'd need something like an Independence Day when they had the uh, the flying the flying saucer. That thing was as big as a fighter jet, and it was you know yeah. in, a, in a warehouse. That seems like the size um, s- studio or lo- you know la- laboratory that you need to work on stuff. Um, but maybe that was a limitation of the budget, or this is. Michael Crichton wasn't thinking big when he was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, just it's a it, it's a good introduction to the to you know they're they're going to spend about another third of their the movie in this room uh, looking at stuff and and killing animals, but uh, it's it, it, this first introduction where you're looking around and seeing all the technology going on, all the uh, and like they don't really have to show much. Like you see all the. You see all the TV monitors. They have the big TV monitor, and there's like four little monitors next to it. And they don't even have to show anything on it, but you're seeing that, well, the equipment's here, so maybe later on we'll be seeing more things going on on the uh, on the video. So a nice uh, hanging of the, sh- you know, check off shotgun. Um, wow. So uh, as, as you're looking back on this, the uh, over this, would you, is this the kind of movie that you'd watch again? No. you've you've done your time in the andromeda strain one and done yeah i think what i liked about it was just that um there there was some suspense you know as it this isn't the style movie i usually would watch from the 70s you know maybe if it was more current maybe but um uh but just there was some suspense i didn't know what was going to happen how things were you know 
kind of having that town in the beginning and everybody dying just kind of set this intrigue of you're like, okay, well, what's going on and why did they die and what's, you know, how the, what exactly is going on here? So I think that's kind of what helped me to enjoy the movie, but I one and done on this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit tedious. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, when you know that the, the same guy that directed uh, Star Trek, the motion picture did this movie, it's just like you can feel every single minute of this just just getting through drinking a, a brown liquid that tastes like orange juice taking two minutes doing it. <laughs> come on pick up the pace um but yeah it's a it's it's a shame this film it, uh, what what i mean you you did you i think you were surprised by the amount of suspense in this movie was there anything else that surprised you about it or about, about the movie in general or uh nudity yeah yeah it's yeah. a g-rated film that was uh, and the gore, I, I, I'm just surprised at the sheer amount. I mean, we're seeing, you know, they're cutting people open and sand pouring out and stuff, but it's, it's pretty explicit, every, you know, all around between the violence and the, uh, and the nudity, just really surprised that this was, this had the same rating as Willy Wonka. Right. So, um, now I keep thinking about, you know, well, Willy, Willy Wonka's sold out. Let's go see the Andromeda strain and you bring your seven year old to see this <laughs> Wow. Um, no, wow. I'd, well, uh, I think I'd, I'd probably end up watching this maybe like once more. Like now that we've seen it and, and talked about it and listened to the podcast and what other people think, I'd, I would probably be, I don't know if I will, but I'd probably be interested to watch it one more time uh, just yeah. to catch everything. Yeah, it probably a... only would be if it was uh, MST3K or... <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, you've like got that. a you've got a chance there now. You can just just write a script, write an MST3K script, and then submit it. You could be on Netflix. Oh, there you it's, go. <laughs> uh, wow. I do wonder though. This is being you know early early seventies. Um, I'm not even necessarily talking about the pacing, but just the level of exposition, and you know people kind of laugh at movies when they have so much obvious exposition. But I wonder, just taking it back to 1971 for the general audience watching this. The technologies that they're using and stuff like that, uh, you know. Sometimes I just wonder if if the audience of 1971 actually needed some of the exposition, where these days we would see a graphic interface and we'd be like, "Yeah, got it, move on." And yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those, um, you know, this it wasn't available. You didn't you didn't have something they could tell you where people were at given times or, or something that they had spent all that. Mo- I mean that that. Uh, that one video of the, uh, the basically a wireframe of, of the wildfire center um, spinning around that probably cost cost a big chunk of the special effects budget to show it on you know on the screen. So they used it as many times as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but but being you know seeing that back then that was quite razzle dazzle uh, for a 1971 audience. Um, and I remember nothing... when I was a I was a kid, you know, like uh, later on they have the touch screen. And when I was a kid, I thought, oh, that would be so cool, you know, to (laughs) have something touch screen, you know, like that. And uh, um, and now we do all day long, you know, in the palm of our hand. Now we can Um, scroll through Facebook endlessly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that was a cool that was a cool thing. um, Yeah. 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 Or yeah. yeah. It's like 
back then you think a video call wow this is amazing you can talk to people and see them while you're talking but now right. if you're you know you pick up your phone it's like oh i don't want to facetime you please don't call me on facetime <laughs> not available or or the idea the idea that now that you know who's calling you can just drop your phone and let it go to voicemail and, it's, <laughs> and you don't even feel bad it's like ah, they, they don't i don't need to talk to them right now um right. That uh, yeah, it's just the unexpected side. Who knew there would be that many pictures of cats floating around, or what you ate for dinner on? You know, <laughs> that's what we use a worldwide computer system. <sighs> wow, uh, that's uh, true. Wow. Well, thanks for putting up with the uh, with the Andromeda strain. I appreciate it very much. And oh, thank um, you for uh, having us on. Yeah. Well, and uh, hopefully we can all get together sometime. We had planned to have a, a movies by minutes get together in Philadelphia this year, but maybe we'll do it next year if uh, if this plague goes away. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I missed out on that. That's kind of our our big uh, week to get away every year when we go to the minute by minute get together. So that was a that was a bummer for sure. So I hope next year. Yeah, next next year will next year will be better. It's got it's got to be better because it's please be. <laughs> don't let it get any worse. Yeah, it's, it's, something's got to happen. Wow. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, for folks who would like to talk about any of the topics we've discussed this week, always great to have you on social media. Please check us out on uh, Facebook at Project Wildfire or on Twitter at Andromeda Minute. Uh, if you missed any of our previous, as we finish the first hour here. Uh, if you missed any of the previous 60 minutes, uh, they're all available out there at andromedaminute.com or on any of your favorite podcatchers. Uh, thanks for being with us. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, please wash your hands, wear a mask, and stay six feet apart. You, you, know, you can wave from a distance. That's always fine. <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully if everybody does this, we'll get through this a lot faster. But anyway, we'll see you here next week on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.